Hello and welcome to SAPCHAT. This is your host, Jaron Main. Now, welcome to this latest episode of SAPCHAT. Now, my guest today is Jonathan Lake, who's an SAP specialist for the UK business for Amazon Web Services. Now, Jonathan started off life at the packaging company DS Smith, and after a couple of years moved to HP, where he remained for the next 30 years. He had a variety of roles, but all focused on SAP, both in the infrastructure and services space. It was here over a decade ago, we both met and worked together. Three years ago, Jonathan moved to AWS, again focusing on SAP. Jonathan, welcome to SAPChat. Thank you, Jaron. And uh, it's great to uh, to join you at last because we've been planning this for months and months, haven't we? So I'm so excited to be here. No, it's absolutely great to, to have you on board. Now, you, you have actually appeared once before, believe it or not, and that was at the SAP User Group Annual Conference last year, and you joined as a special guest. So I like to think this is your second time around, but first time uh, dedicated 100% of your time, which is great. Now, yeah, looking forward to it. Yep. So, Jonathan, um, let, let's just start with market conditions at the moment, because I think that sets the backdrop to, to a lot of what's going on at the moment in, in the SAP market, particularly, uh, and both in the, in, in the hyperscaler world. But the, the, the world you know, is changing. We've had one thing after another, haven't we? We've had, you know, we've had COVID, we've had difficult trading conditions, we've had global conditions, uh, supply chain issues. We're now going through uh, an energy crisis as a result, which is highly inflationary. You know, th- th- this is is changing business and the IT industry, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's definitely accelerating uh, some of the discussions that we've had previously. And uh, um, yeah, as one customer said to me the other day, in terms of the digital transformation uh, journey, COVID wrote the business case, as, as they said to me, and and other factors as well, of course, you know, like energy and uh, and, and what's going on in uh, in Ukraine and so on. So it's really it's really really tough out there for for the majority of businesses, I would say. Yeah, and and you know, so that, let's get to what we're seeing then as a result of that, because we we're both, you know, I, I work for an SI. You you work um, well. I'll come on to that because I could I could argue that uh, Amazon and and a lot of the hyperscalers are going in that direction as well. But you know, we're all working roughly in the same market, and we're just seeing uh, a lot of organisations really doubling down now on, on digital transformation projects as a result of all of those factors, aren't we? We are, and it, and it's interesting the way in which the the, the market has changed. Um, if I go back a few years ago, when I when I started at AWS, yeah, there was a lot of focus around the technical aspects of uh, of, of of a customer. Uh, SAP workload. It was very focused around sort of how we could migrate the core workload uh, onto AWS, and often the opening uh, uh, conversation was uh, about cost. You know how we mm. can how we can reduce those costs uh, at, at the outset, and those you know th- those conversations haven't gone away, uh, but but the conversations are much wider today, and. There's also a much wider conversation with lines of business uh, as well. And there's a very sort of industry aligned focus, I, I would say, in terms of our discussions with uh, with customers. So I would say very radical change in, in, in the industry has, has occurred in the last uh, the, the last year or two. 
Yeah, and I've seen a, a change in terms of, and I've banged on about this in the past, but, you know, S for HANA, you know, don't look at it as a simple upgrade. Look at it as, a, you know, what it enables longer term and look at the value that can be driven. And I think, you know, we talked about digital transformation, but that's certainly been the case. And I guess you're seeing that at, at Amazon as well in terms of organisations now trying to look at how they get greater visibility of supply chain, uh, how they use these new digital technologies, how they embrace your platform to, to get the value um, driving forward much quicker. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, and I think the first thing I'd say about uh, your point about SAP uh, S4, um, I think there's been a, a big shift as well towards that sort of greenfield uh, implementation. Hmm. Uh, our customers now are seeing the value of, of uh, a, a, a new implementation that keeps that core system of record clean. As we all know, SAP is that monolithic uh, application. And um, it becomes expensive to support and maintain uh, if you start customizing uh, the, 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 the core. So the strategy is to implement that that core, keep keep that core SAP system of record uh, as clean as possible um, and innovate at the edge uh, effectively. Take advantage of all of the services that are available from uh, SAP's business technology platform and also the AWS native services. Um, and of course, the vision for all of our customers is that that digital transformation. Um, and what does that mean for, for a lot of customers? I, I think um, what it means for a lot of our customers is is very much that data-driven um, uh, data driven approach to that to, to that transformation. I think that's a that's a key area. Mm -hmm. And um, um, at what I'd say to you as well, I, I think it's interesting about the the SAP S4 business case because uh, it, obviously there's a lot of focus around that sort of core business process, what the what the actual process does for uh, for, for our customers. But I think the the business case is so much wider than that, isn't it? I definitely think so. And 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 it's really interesting. I'm doing a lot of work now with, with Signavio and there's much more attention to um, what is your what is your business process? A lot of customers don't understand what their business process is today, but actually not not just focusing on how do I do that that same thing in S4 faster, cheaper, more efficient, but but actually do I need to be doing that at all? Do I do, can I do that in a different way? Can I reimagine that in a different way? So you're right, the conversation for me has broadened completely out. And I know you and I, when we meet for a drink, we'll, we'll often go about this that, you know, maybe I was going to say 10 years ago, but maybe five years ago, you know, people were talking and saying, well, how can I put SAP onto a new platform? How can I make it cheaper? And let's face it, that's where we started with virtual private cloud and then public cloud. But that that conversation is just gone. No one's talking about that now. It's, it's you know, that in terms of everything else. And I've, I've said for a long time, it's not journey to the cloud, it's journey in the cloud. And I, and I think that, that for you particularly, that's where it becomes really interesting in terms of, the breadth and depth of services that that the hyperscalers are offering once you're on their platform. Yeah, I, th th look, this this has been a, a big change. So the majority of the conversations I was having a few years ago were with sort of IT um, um, personnel and you know with the IT architects. Uh, sometimes um, moving up to the to, to the CIO, but there's a lot of focus now on that sort of line line of business. Uh, discussion, yeah, and uh, and that's a really big that, that's a really big change. And just to give you an example, um, I was in a meeting with uh, uh, with a major process industry 
uh, a customer the other day and um, and we got into a conversation about uh, how we could help um, move the the, the the dial forward in terms of that digital supply chain. Yep. And, you know, they were in a position where they had some quite limited visibility. Um, you know, not much of their their, their, their supply chain processes were, were real time. Um, it's very sort of descriptive. Um, you know, often in a lot of cases, it's actually based on Excel. Yep. And, um, <laughs> you know, and they, 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 you know, they had an IT um, uh, application a base that was um, that was sort of on premise uh, as well, um, and the, the vision is to move to to that sort of real time end to end supply chain, um, which, which has got that full end to end visibility, uh, and you're able to do those sort of predictive uh, analytics. Um, you're able to have that sort of predict, uh, prescriptive guidance, mm. um, but but most importantly, you can develop. Uh, an autonomous approach to that supply chain um, w- so that you've got all of the decision making, which is fully automated. All of your workflows are, are automated um, within your own organization. Um, and hopefully at some point, you know, you're able to move to to a, a, a status whereby those workflows are uh, open to all of your supply chain partners and customers uh, as well. So it's it's then a, a fully integrated uh, approach to, to to that supply chain, and that's where I think organisations are looking to uh, are looking to go to now. Yeah, um, I, I share that. I mean, we're talking to some customers about digital manufacturing cloud, um, and you know the, the fact that you you were previously taking information uh, you know batch information that you know had a kind of it, it was it was historic there were delays may may not be that many you know that long you know maybe batch updates every 10 minutes or something but that's still not good enough um and and actually you need to be as the, the analogy of driving a car through the rearview mirror you know you, you you really you really need to be seeing what is happening now and how do you react to that uh, and, and some of these uh, organisations and clients need to make decisions really, really rapidly. And I, I guess that's why, from to your point as well, we're seeing a lot of focus by SAP on, on business network. And I think that's going to be a really interesting area in supply chain and how they're bringing suppliers together. It, it, that, that's going to be a really interesting area, I think, to, to keep your eyes on in, in the future. I, I think that's definitely the way to go. And I think uh, you know, moving that onto the the rise conversation, I, I would like to see SAP focus more on on rise in terms of some of the business value and some of the the business process uh, improvements that they can make. You know, around areas like that that sort of intelligent supply chain. Um, I'd like to, them to focus on on some of those aspects of of, of their of their offering and to positioning. Though th- th- those value uh, propositions, rather than you know more of a commercial uh, offering that that Rise seems to uh, underpin today. Yeah, and and and, and look, I'm the, I'm the first to to stand up and and have a, a, a pop at SAP as you as you well know. But uh, I do I do think that um, actually SIs also need to stand up a bit here because I think actually the the uh, you know when I was speaking to Ray Barrett probably about a year eighteen months ago on Rise, you know the the vision that SAP had was that you know there's the broad construct, okay, it's a fundamental change, but it's up for SIs, it's up for partners to go out and actually make something unique out of it. So I think you know if I was speaking to Ray again, uh, and and we'll probably be 
picking up at the alumni event coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. But you know, when we when I'm chatting to him, I'm absolutely sure he'll be saying, "Yeah, but that's that's what we want the partners to do. We want them to start to weave unique IP into it uh, to to offer differentiated service, a common common platform, perhaps." Uh, common application but you know with with uh, u- unique spins uh, uh, and ip into it by by partners and i think that's going to be an interesting maybe maybe the partners haven't done enough i don't know well i think yeah and it, it was interesting one of our customers uh, said to me the other day that um you know he would really like to see um uh, the, the partner step up to the plate in terms of leveraging the capabilities, not just of uh, what S- the core SAP system of record delivers, you know, through mm. SAP S4, uh, but also the leverage the services and capabilities of SAP's BTP and also all of the native cloud services that are available in the marketplace. And, um, the, you know, the, this organization's view was that that's a real opportunity for the service provider to really get to grips with 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 that and the changing world and and to offer you know that advice and guidance about which way to go because sometimes uh, our customers don't know you know how to leverage the the real tangible business benefits of all of these uh these technologies uh that are available in the marketplace i think you're right and 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 it's i mean I, i was having a conversation recently where you know, if you look, you look at the SIs, and I say that I've worked for for many of them now. Um, you know, this business transformation has affected the way that the SIs go to market, and I don't think all of them necessarily have 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 transformed themselves as quickly as they've been trying to encourage their their customers. Uh, you know, so we've typically seen, and you know, and I know, we've been in this this ourselves. You know, we go to market in silos. And, and there's some very good reasons for that. So, you know, we'll go to market by uh, an SAP service line. We'll go to market by a cloud service line or a, a hybrid uh, cloud. Um, we'll go to uh, to, to um, uh, market on wider applications or security. The reality is a conversation with a customer of business transformation requires all of those. You need somebody in the room that can talk about the the options around um you know the, the 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 cloud how that is going to impact what you're going to do your strategy around sap what does that mean for your wider application landscape a lot of those are going to be legacy are you going to retire them are you going to go best of breed how are you going to deploy btp what are the security you know you need all of those people in the room and going to market in that way not simply as much as i i, I love sap but not not you or i rocking up just talking about sap that that's not going to work and it's not giving the the, the customer the value that they need to see yeah and i think one of the key aspects of this i think is uh, a lack of skills in the marketplace with, with some of these areas as well i know it's a big challenge isn't it for mm. Uh, for all of the service providers, um, but also I think it's a big challenge for for our customers as well. And mm. I think it's there's responsibility on all of us, isn't there, to 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 help with that, to help with some of those uh, skills gaps. And and perhaps there's a lot more we can do in the sort of training uh, area to to bring everybody up to speed with the with the new world, actually. Well, yeah, let's face it. Yeah. You, you and I, I, I know uh, looking at us, you wouldn't like to say this because we, we probably look in our early 20s. But, you know, we've been we've been in this market for 30 years. And I think I look around a lot of a lot of the people, particularly in SAP, came into the market at the same time. It was like middle to the mid, mid 90s. We, we were all kind of working on this. And you look around and you see a lot of us are the same age. Um, I am 
encouraged. I know the organisation I work for has a global uh, academy, uh, a global SAP academy, and they're putting a huge amount of effort into training people and bringing them into the organisation, as IBM did with me uh, 30 years ago. They, they put the training behind me to, to, to do that. I'm guessing you had exactly the same in HP. So I, I don't think it's all bad, but I agree. And I, I also heard, I was talking to a client the other day, I was talking about uh, automation. I was talking about automation, of course, the, the typical, the was almost cliche thing to say, isn't it? That, you know, if you do automation, you allow your 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 uh, employees, your resources to focus on, you know, um, intelligent things and not not the kind of mundane tasks. But they were saying to me, no, 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 hang on a minute. There's a different there's a different a different uh, element here, different focus. And that is I don't have enough resources. I don't have enough trained resources. So if I can get uh, if I can get automation allows my trained skill resources to continue to focus on that and it takes away a little bit of that problem not all of it but it takes a bit of away which i thought was a really interesting kind of view on, on that whole ai ml type of approach i think that's definitely de- de- definitely the case and actually you mentioned a really important topic there i think um uh, and you you know Let's face it, organizations have yet to benefit from, from this particular area. And we're talking a lot about data uh, and data transformation. And uh, there's a lot of organizations who are using that data through, I don't know, through, through, through KPIs and, uh, and using that information in, 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 in that way to present dashboards and so on. Um, but I don't think there's many uh, organizations that are really uh, leveraging the power of, uh, of artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we had a, a case actually where, where a major uh, uh, process manufacturer was, you know, they could get information about their inventory uh, management. Um, but what they really wanted to do was to, to be able to drill down into that information and find out why their inventory turns are are low, you know, and and gather that information. And then, if you can use some artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, use cases uh, over that, then I think that's where that's where the real power is. That's where the real power is. And uh, and some of the use cases we've seen there um, are, are really exciting, really interesting, actually. Some of them. So. Um, I don't know, sort of predictive maintenance, actually, just pick mm. on one. Mm. Uh, that's a great area, isn't it, for, for plant, and, uh, plant and equipment and, uh, and so on. So um, what you can do around that maintenance so that, um, you, you know, through artificial intelligence and machine learning, we can start to build out sort of some alerting that say yeah. uh, if if some machinery is, is, is vibrating, that say a lot more, mm. then uh, there can be some, some AI and ML. And, and using that data so that we can be informed ahead of time before any machinery breaks um and even you know we've we've seen some cases here where where the orchestration back into sap means uh, the necessary parts ordering and so on is um is put in place in a in a fully automated way mm. and i think that's that's the, that's the area for me where uh, where i think there's uh, that there's a great op- opportunity and really that that hasn't really uh, well, it's in its infancy, isn't it, this area? I think so. I mean, I do remember you and I uh, a number of years ago. We must be going back to 2015, and we were we were looking looking at Hannah and uh, thinking, gosh, it's, it's really expensive. And I saw a use case at the time 
uh, with a certain aircraft uh, engine manufacturer who was only paid on the number of hours the actual engine is in the air because that's what an airline gets paid on effectively. And uh, there was there was a use case there where they, it was it was detecting the pitch and resonance of the engine to detect you know where where in its life cycle it was and where it would need replacing. And I also remember that the last big event I went to before COVID at um, at FCOM in Barcelona in 2019, and there uh, SAP were were uh, playing in Qualtrics at the time, but I think it was BMW where, you know, if, you, if you've got a car, I mean, this is, it's customer relationship management as well, isn't it? You know, if you've got a car, the worst thing that can happen is you go to the garage, it's broken, you know, okay, I've got to order the part and everything else. And this was connecting the car to the uh, back-end supply chain so that, you know, you would get advised, your car has got a particular problem, take it to the garage, it's already got the part or the parts have been ordered. So it's as seamless as possible. And I think that's where we're going, but I completely agree. It's also interesting that as we've started to move through, and I still don't think there's been wholesale change yet to to S4HANA, most organisations are now planning for it at least. Um, But, you know, data has raised its head time and time again, and it's become more prevalent. And I don't quite know whether that's just been as a result of COVID or whether it's just a natural progression through your thinking of your S4HANA uh, journey that suddenly there's a lot of focus about, well, what are the data? Now, how much data have I got? How do I make sense of that? How do I archive it? How do I clean it up? Because you don't want to have a, a, a an application full of redundant or old data, but you still need access to it. But what is your strategy for you know, data moving forward, because it's only going to accelerate. And there's been a lot of focus on that, hasn't there? Oh, uh, massive. Yeah. And um, a big issue, actually, for for customers is making sure that they've got the sort of the reliability and the relevant data that they need. And um, and that 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 is aligned to, uh, to to their needs as a business. What I would say is that there are a lot of tools out there to, to help us uh, with that. There's a lot of third parties that can that can really help with that sort of data cleanup and making sure hmm. that that data is relevant um, and um, you know reliable to to a business, uh, aren't they? And, and I know that you've worked with a number of those partners. Yeah, completely. And and uh, and and there's some really clever tools, as you say, out there that that help customers along that journey. And and you know when I speak to those partners, they're really busy. You know, they've never been busier. Uh, at all and in fact actually uh, one of those uh, Ben McGrail from X Materia he's he's going to be in a, a follow-up podcast talking about that very thing actually in terms of uh, S4 so that'll be really interesting now I mean Jonathan I'm acutely aware I'm talking to somebody from from Amazon it seems strange because we worked together for so many years in the same organization and I, we, we talk daily anyway but um, you know the one thing that Amazon is well known for is its supply chain, its logistics. Uh, it was no surprise that, you know, during the last COVID pandemic, that the first organisation that the UK government reached out to was Amazon to help it with the kind of whole um, PPE, uh, lateral flow tests, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you know, you, you must be finding a huge amount of focus by your customers, by your SAP customers, actually, you know, in this area and also trying to get your advice because i know your fulfillment senses are just i mean like something out of uh, star trek aren't they yeah they are and it's that's a great segue because um 
you know one of the big uh, big areas that we're we're talking to to our customers about and and what i would say is we're, we're here to help um and that's around that sort of whole area of intelligence uh, supply chain uh, but also it, that can be uh, an opportunity as well to extend that we're, we uh, we know a little bit about retail as well Just a bit. <laughs> so yeah. um uh, you would expect us to be you know we've get, have some very strong capabilities around things like smart stores um uh, digital commerce and and all of those areas and and i really do think that 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 retail is perhaps going to go through the biggest change that, that that's one mm. um one thing i think that we're acutely aware of and um you, you know technology is going to completely change retail i, I think that's going to be one of the huge areas um, you know the ability to use self-service, um, scan and go. Um, hmm. You know all of that technology embedded into a you know a smartphone app and and all of these uh, areas. I think the whole area as well of of digital commerce as well is going to be uh, absolutely enormous. I, I was reading somewhere that um, that uh, um, you know I think is it forty five percent growth in in online sales I think um, hmm. uh, in the last couple of years huge uh, demand now for, for for that so having that sort of digital sort of transformation strategy that is aligned to very much an omni channel uh, way of working is is, is absolutely crucial um, and having that fully integrated with that intelligent supply chain. Um, is also a, a key part of the, uh, uh, the the strategy, and certainly within within Amazon, we're here to help because we have a what we believe is a unique approach uh, to helping with uh, with a, with a pro, with, with an approach from a supply chain point of view. Um, we, we, we take it that um, in the past, organisations have have adopted very much a, a linear chain of functions. Um, hmm. And we see the supply chain as very much uh, an interconnected, interlinked uh, network of decision making, you know, which yep. incorporates things like um, customer insights, you know, in intelligent ful fulfillment, some of the interconnected logistics capabilities, bringing together the capabilities of, of sustainability that, that, that organizations need and, and industry 4.0. Um, and bringing all of these things together and and, and developing that sort of data-driven world, uh, automating the decision making uh, throughout um, throughout that process, that's our that's very much our approach to to supply chain. And I think there's some real opportunities uh, there uh, certainly. And uh, I'd be happy to talk about that in more detail. But I think this is SAP's opportunity as well yeah, to, to 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 yeah to bring together that SAP S4 system of records and, 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 you know, drive out the benefits of, of, you know, if it's a retailer, that whole omni-channel experience, but also bring the, together the benefits of that intelligent um, supply chain um, and, and improve that sort of customer experience, you know, using the data that's available. Yeah, completely. And, and yeah. It's, it's really interesting because, uh, I was reading something the other day and uh, it said, you know, they, predicting that cash will be extinct within kind of four years. And I thought, oh, that's rubbish. And then I kind of, I, I gave a long, hard think, what was the last time I actually used cash? You know, because I think COVID really accelerated that. You know, you're seeing bars and restaurants just not accepting cash any longer. Um, and uh, even even down to car parking and things like that. You know, we we just simply 
uh, don't tend to use it any longer. I'm guessing, though, that Jonathan, that the, the one area that I'd like to explore with you is is that kind of change of relationship, therefore, that, that Amazon's had. I mean, I know it wouldn't be unfair to say that when you joined Amazon, was it three and a half, four years ago, we were just, well, in fact, I just left um, HB at the time. You followed about six months afterwards. And we were having the conversation. But at the time, not completely, but a lot of the conversation was about, you know, Amazon, AWS as a platform. Uh, and, and you know, there's lots of conversations about compute power and capacity and, and all the rest of it. But but that's completely changed as per our conversation. And I'm guessing the relationship, therefore, that you have with your customers has fundamentally changed as well, hasn't it? Yeah, completely. I, I would say, you know, the, the conversations we're having now are very, very radically different from 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 where they were. But but one thing I would say here is because of people's attitudes to 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 the cloud have have changed, and you know, the need to drive that sort of the, all of those sort of business benefits uh, have changed. You know, it's very much mm. as well as working with IT departments, it's about working with lines of business to drive out those uh, those benefits. I think the, the the need for partners uh, is is even greater because of that, um, and I think that the, the demand for partners to really help our customers is so much greater now than it was uh, as well because it's not just about you know working with with the hyperscaler around to your point around compute and and technology, but it's about so many other services uh, and leveraging all of those services that are available uh, in the cloud as well. So. The partner is so much more important now. Yeah, I, th- I think um, there was, I, I think maybe two or three years ago, there was a bit of a malaise where people turned around. Oh, I might have been speaking to the wrong people, but, you know, there was a bit of a, well, you know, what is the future of a systems integrator? Um, you know, well, it's all going cloud. It's turned everything on its head. But the reality is, you know, from where I'm sat, never has there been greater need for good systems integrators how do you make sense of the landscape that you have where you want to go i would probably argue that the difference has been that it's much more value driven much more business outcome driven than it ever was before and i think that goes back to the point we were talking about earlier on in the way in which organizations engage with their customers right you don't engage necessarily just with the it department you're talking in and having really specific conversations with the line of business about how that process operates within that that line of business that that's completely right and i think the challenge that that a lot of the service providers uh, need to address is that uh, you know if you look at your your own organization the skills are all there mm. within your within your organization it's not that they don't exist but it's just making sure that those skills that are available within your organization come together um as one end-to-end connected solution for our customers and that you're making them available um to deliver the 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 right tasks so i think that that's really a lot of the complexity isn't it well i think it is and actually for for our our global listeners i'd like it and the the conversation i've had internally is very much along the lines of um uh, you know uh, a Gordon Ramsay, you know, we have all the ingredients, we just need to mix them in the right way. And I think the way that, you know, uh, uh, we were mixing ingredients uh, a few years ago is fundamentally different than the way we do it today. Doesn't mean to say the skill sets don't exist, doesn't mean to say they aren't as relevant as they've ever been. In fact, they're more so. But the way that you mix them, the way that you approach them, the way that you, you would, uh, 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 you know, uh, 
address the market and engage with the market and customers is, is fundamentally different. And I think, you know, I, I guess, you know, I, I, I hasten to say, without upsetting my guests on this podcast, you, you and I were <laughs> were were at one drinks event. Um, I think it references the two old boys in the balcony on the Muppet Show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which um I I, I I i didn't quite know how to say i took it as a compliment um but but you know at the end of the day you, you do you do look at it and uh with a, you know a number of years experience and you say well the first thing is nothing's ever new i think that's uh that, that you hear that a lot but nothing is ever new but you know you the way in which you address and the way in which you um you you go about things has to change because the world around you's changed as well yeah i you know i think we the, the the change in 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 our customers' business, uh, I think, uh, particularly you know in some of the areas that we've talked about in some of the industries, in, in retail, in process, uh, in manufacturing, the change in those areas, I think, is just going to get so much greater yeah. as well. And uh, and a lot of this is is managing that change. But organisations have to change. That's the thing. They've got no choice. Mm. And um, and the speed of that change is just going to go uh, go th- through the roof because uh, unless we unless we all change, then, um, you know, we're not going to survive the future, are we? So, um, yeah. Well, yeah. look, and that, that's what makes our life so interesting. Yeah, because I, I, I get up in the morning. I'm still so excited uh, to be doing what I'm doing. And I think the challenges are, are completely different, but, you know, ultimately, um, you know, it, it is, it is a fast paced world and, and, you know, I guess businesses change, you know, technology has always been uh, growing exponentially, but I think the the pace of change of business has changed, not just technology. Absolutely. And, uh, and that's, that's the key thing, isn't it really? So, and from a, you know, you look at it from a technology point of view and today's, data that that is available you know we've got the power to personalize anything um you know that that power is is there um and it's there to an infinite degree so um you know it's being able to cope with that isn't it you know the it's it's how we can cope with that change that, that that is key um and i think the the level of expertise and knowledge um I think is a key part of that, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I sometimes think that it's it's the fact that, you know, the the amount of offerings and solution and technology on offer is so, uh, you know, so vast and so deep now that it can actually be really confusing for an organization. They know what the challenges are and often they know what they want to do. They just have an issue with uh, mixing it up. I'm going back to my uh, Gordon Ramsay metaphor again, aren't I? But, you know, fundamentally, yeah. you, you, you know, you need that's when you need uh, maybe, you know, some guidance. I think that's where BSIs, the the hyperscalers, SAP all need to be working together to make this as, you know, as easy and painless as possible. And also, um, it's a Donald Rumsfeld moment, is it? You, you've got, you know, unknown unknowns. And if you're speaking to a client that doesn't know quite what they want to do and it doesn't know what's available, that can be a challenge. And I guess you must come across that as well, where customers will come to you and talk about AI and ML, but not be quite sure whether it's actually, you know, are customers really using this? Is it, is it you know, is it just bleeding edge? And you, you, you and I have sat there thinking, yeah, I can point you to a number of clients already doing this. Yeah, and I think sometimes, going back to your Gordon Ramsay, I think sometimes you just want to, it, it's good just to take it sometimes and, uh, and 
uh, that's a good way uh, sometimes. Uh, pick on one or two really sort of uh, big use cases and try it. And mm. the great thing about uh, about what we do is that you can you can experiment. Uh, and there's an opportunity to 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 do that. Mm. And yeah, we had a we had a case actually where you know one of our um, one of our manufacturing uh, uh, customers um, you know wanted to experiment using um, some of the capabilities of Amazon Forecast, and actually you know extracting the data out of SAP, um, you know leveraging some of the the analytics capabilities and uh, and then using sort of um, you know. Um, uh, the the Amazon forecast capabilities to generate that demand forecast um, in sort of uh, you know set, using sales and operations planning and so on some of those those processes orchestrating it back into your SAP system. It doesn't need to actually you know be a massive project uh, necessarily. You can actually trial it and and experiment yeah. uh, and yeah. see if that is right for your business. Hmm. So you know one one of the things I would urge or any organisation to 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 do. Is 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 actually to experiment to to a to a degree as well because one of the great things certainly about you know what we're what we're looking to deliver and what we do deliver is that you can you can experiment and sometimes uh, those experiments will fail you know but hopefully you can still take some of the learnings from them and that's a great yeah. I mean obviously I'm not an Amazonian but you know that is one of your tenants isn't it you know fail fail lots and fail fast and and, and then move on and, and try again and and you're right I don't necessarily see a great deal of that in in, in all organizations uh, absolutely yeah if you're going to fail fail fast absolutely 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. but but you know I think experimentation is really is really important because uh that, let's face it we're, we're we're all humans and you know trial and error to an extent I think is is, is a good thing so uh so yeah and and to your point as well I think it's really upon you know the the, the hyperscalers the the integrators uh to work together to drive that 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 business value for for, for our customers because um, I think you know we're we're all here to to really help, and I, and I would use the term to work backwards from the customer. You know, in terms of mm. understanding some of those requirements, some of those business challenges, and work backwards from there. Work together to solve those that those problems because I think the um, the the challenges are, are are greater than ever. But also, I think the opportunities are as well out there. And that, unconscious of time, is a fantastic way of, of ending this podcast. Jonathan, I'd like to thank you for your time. It's been really insightful, always very exciting, and it's always great intel. And I know you and I could chitter-chatter here for probably the next four hours, as we tend to uh, regularly anyway. But Jonathan, you know, thank you for your time. And uh, we, need, we need to definitely catch up again uh, and, and follow some of these uh, threads up uh, in, in follow-up episodes. That's great. I really appreciate you uh, inviting me to to this session. So thank you. No, it's a pleasure's all mine. And uh, thank you, uh, everyone, for for listening in. And uh, we'll be back uh, in uh, a future podcast. Thank you very much indeed.